Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and uh, you know, with summer fast approaching, uh, a lot of the TV seasons have ended. And of course, you know, one of the favorite shows that we love to watch here at Stuff You Don't Need to Know is on the CW, and it is the CW Supergirl. So, if I'm going to be talking CW Supergirl the entire season, of course, I have to have Diana with me. Diana, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're ready to go. So, uh, what did you overall? Yeah, what did you think of this season? I really liked it. It's it, it wasn't as good as season three, but it was still pretty good. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Now, I, I think one of the things that people would say about this season in general is it oh. was highly political. Like, what, oh, yeah, yeah, what do you like, what, what do you think? I, I've seen people on YouTube where they're like, oh, it's it should be called SJW Girl or, like, something like that. Because it's like... But when you think about it, the messages aren't, like, radical. They're just like, hey, you know, immigrants are people too, and immigrants have a right to be in this country. Or just like, hey, you know, just because somebody is different than you doesn't mean you have to treat them horribly. And it's just like, okay, so the people who are calling this, like, SJW girl are, like, people who, like, hate immigrants and are just like, let me hate my immigrants without you telling me what to do. So it's just like, I don't think it's political at all. I think it's just pretty much telling, like, you know, like, because I know young kids watch it, so it's just telling them to be like, hey, be nice to people. And it's just like, that's not a radical message. That's something everybody should know. Do you think, though, if the show was Superman, Mm. do you think that would kind of change people's, like, you know, same exact season, you know, discussing the immigration, kind of going uh, against, like, the uh, alt-right there, but if it was Superman, do you think that would change people's opinions? Yeah, I think so, because, like, every, you know, like, every time, like, every time Superman, like, swoops in and picks up the American flag, or it's just like, whoa, or, like, beats up a clan member, it's just like, everybody's like, yeah, that's that's what Superman does, but then for some reason, because it's Supergirl, they're like, nah, nah, man, it's SJW-like stuff, so then I do think there is an impact there, and it's just like, you know, man, it's just like, they're like closeted incels out there, people who are like, I'm not an incel, but it's just like, yeah, it's... So just be careful where you get it from because there are people who are out there saying it's just like, nah, it's like bleeding heart. Like, you gotta... I don't even know what they're saying because I don't watch the videos, but I just see them. They're like, Supergirl, an immigrant, and it's a picture of, like, that white guy with a neck beard, and he's like, huh? So then it's just like, just just steer clear of those guys. That's my advice. Alrighty, well, let's actually just talk about this season. Uh, I mean... You know, let's not forget that also included in this season, you know, every every season uh, with the CW uh, DC shows, they do their big crossover. Oh, yeah. uh, this one was Elseworlds without uh, Legends of Tomorrow. What did you think? Let's start like with that one right there. What did you think of this year's big crossover? I, re- I actually haven't seen any of the other crossovers because it's just like... Because it's, like, when I was watching through Supergirl, like, catching up the first three seasons, it was just, like, I wanted to know what happened with Rain and everything so badly, I skipped over Crisis on Earth X. So this is actually my first crossover. I tried watching with the Dominators, right? Or the Annihilators. Uh, right? that was the, yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. The first one. That one I didn't like. So let me just saw. So I guess that's my first one. I didn't see it all the way through. But that one I didn't like with the Dominators. But then the Elseworlds was great. I loved it. And this is the first time that they actually set up 
next year's or the coming seasons uh, with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, I know you just got done reading it because uh, you were hoping to meet George Perez and have him sign a copy, but um, are you kind of excited for that coming up, Crisis on Infinite Earths? I'm really excited, but then it's just like, I'm thinking like, how are they going to do it? Because it's just like, I guess like the big, the big, like Supergirl's a big player, but if you're, spoiler for the comic, Supergirl dies saving Superman. And then the Flash is a big player, but surprise, the Flash dies destroying the anti-monitors machine. And so then it's just like, those are the two big players. And so then Green Arrow didn't really do much in Crisis, so I don't know how they're going to work him in. They, they teased Psycho Pirate at the end of Elseworlds. Like, they show who was locked up in Arkham at the end of it. Uh, oh, the scientist. The scientist, yeah. Yeah, the, the the I forget what scientist who had the book was. He's just like some like D-list Batman villain, but it's just like when he's locked up in Arkham, he's in the same cell as Psycho Pirate, and Psycho Pirate plays a big role in Crisis on Infinite Earths. But then again, there are also some other people who aren't there, like John Stewart plays a big role. But I know in the Elseworlds crossover, they tease that Diggle is John Stewart, mm-hmm. so then. He could get the ring. But then there's also some Atlanteans who play a big role, like Arion. He plays a big role, which they could get Arion. And then... Why not? Yeah. Yeah, and then who else plays a big role? Simon. They haven't had Simon at all. And if you don't know, Simon, he's from Young Justice. He's the guy with the brain, and he's like a telepath. And then who else plays a big role? Like, Superman plays a big role, but I, something tells me they'll, they'll reverse Superman and Supergirl's roles. Superman might die to save Supergirl. And then Supergirl's going to be the one to fight the Anti-Monitor at the end. It really, it very well could be. And don't forget, at the end of the crossover, uh, when we see that, in order to kind of deal with the, with the big crisis that's going on, uh, Flash and Supergirl are going to, they were going to circle the globe uh, in opposite directions. Uh, Superman had uh, the Monitor's him, book. Yeah. He had to keep it open, right? And then Brainiac 5 was fighting Amazo. Right, but while all that's happening... Oh, Green uh, Arrow made a deal with the Monitor. And this is going to be, you know, this coming season is going to be the last, the final season for Green Arrow. So do you think that that's going to kind of play like he... Because that's the big thing is everybody's saying is what deal did he make to get the Monitor to agree not to destroy their universe? What are you, what are you thinking? I don't know, like, he might make the big sacrifice, like, instead of the Flash, like, it might be Superman and Green Arrow going down instead of Supergirl and the Flash, like, he, or maybe, I, I just don't know what deal he could have made, like, maybe, maybe with the Monitor, he was just, like, kind of, like, when the time comes, you gotta, like, I can't fight so, he said, like, kind of, like, I have the fighting spirit, but I don't have the powers to back me up, so when the time comes, you have to give me the powers even if it kills me. I think that probably is a deal that he made. It could be, or uh, I'm kind of thinking because uh, kind of before that big showdown, the monitor was really saying, like, I have to get this universe ready. Something bigger is coming, and clearly you're not ready. And I think when everybody set out to kind of enact that final plan, and he was like, I'll be right back, I think he was telling the monitor, you know, look, look what's happening right now. Supergirl and Flash are going to do something. They know it's going to kill them, but they're still going to do it anyway. This universe has got what it takes, so I I think he's going to sacrifice himself 
Like he kind of made some kind of deal, like yeah. l- let us live, and I'll willingly sacrifice myself when the time comes. Uh, also, this season we got introduced to Manchester Black. Now you know a lot more about Manchester Black than I do from the comics. What did you think of this representation of Manchester Black um, on Supergirl? It was good because my Manchester Black, I read um, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way, which is, I think that's his first appearance. And it's just like, in that one, he just shows up. He just shows up and he's like, all right, let's start killing people. And then he makes, again, he makes the same points as this Manchester Black does. He's saying it's just like, it's just a revolving door. It's just like you, you, you arrest them. They break out. They kill more people. But if I go in and I kill them, that's it. Game over. They don't get to hurt anyone else. And then he came back again. I think it was called Black Dawn, which was the more recent Superman run. And in that one, he tried to like control Superboy's mind so he would have a super on his side. But then... In both ones, they didn't really give him a backstory. Or maybe the backstory's out there and I just haven't read it. But it was good to see kind of like what made him do it. Because it's just like he he used to be a gang member, right? Mm-hmm. Back in yeah. England. Yeah. But then he met a girl. No, the, gir- she, the, the girlfriend was in the gang, right? She was kind of like... Because it seemed like the gang that he was involved in was run by his father. And maybe they had a legitimate business for it or something. She was kind of like the bookkeeper. Okay. So something like that. And then and then she kind of said like, "Hey, like, you know, let's get you out of here. Let's get you into a better life." And then that's what happened. They they left the gang. They made a better life for themselves. And he said like, "I wouldn't be the person I am today without her." But then how did she the Agents of Liberty killed her, right? Well, they were using her powers to um, find aliens, right? Right, cuz she kind of had it was it was a almost like a psychic kind of a like power. Taliban, right? Something like that, yeah. And they were basically using her almost kind of like a battery or or they were siphoning her powers from her, yeah. Yeah, so then she's there and then they pretty much overwork her and she dies. Yeah. yeah. And then from that he sees that like, oh, like even though Supergirl saved the day and got the bad guys, put them in jail, they just got out right away. Like Mm -hmm. Ben Lockwood, who's Agent Liberty, he got away and... Um, sure, they got Otis. They got Otis and Mercy, but everybody else got away. So he's saying, he's like, yeah, we quote-unquote stopped the bad guys, but they're still out there. So that's what made him want to be like, no, we have to end this permanently. So it's kind of good to see, instead of just this guy showing up, like, let's start killing people, and here's my man with a magic hat. Yeah, and they kind of worked hat in there. Um, you know, if you ever watched uh, Superman versus the exile no the, the elite the elite that's right because they became the elite uh hat is a member he actually has it's like a fifth dimensional hat basically yeah, he's friends with mr mcspitalik and they kind of hint at that uh on the show he was just like i thought your man said this would work and he was like it's, i don't know but what did you think with the fact though that unlike comic book manchester black he had no powers i think that's really good because it's just like it's kind of like part of the whole reason why Superman was afraid to go up against Manchester Black. Like, he was trying to lead by example through all of Truth, Justice, and the American Way. He's trying to lead through example and be like, see, Manchester Black, I didn't kill anybody, but I stopped the crime, and I know what's going on. I did everything. But then Manchester Black is like, yeah, but you overlooked this tiny detail that would be solved if we killed them. But then the reason 
everything's happening and then the reason why Superman doesn't just confront him is because Manchester Black is stronger than Superman. He said that if I confront him, he can kill me. But then, of course, Superman realizes the good of mankind is more important than my life and he goes and fights him. But then I think it's more interesting that the reason why she didn't confront him wasn't because he was more powerful than her, but because he was... Not not that they were sympathizing with him, but it was more like... I don't know what I'm saying, but like... Do, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Well, I mean, he, he obviously when he, he and the elite start their campaign against really anti-alien forces, it does, it does generate a, a lot of, not sympathy, but a lot of people rally to his cause, and he kind of makes Supergirl almost, even though Supergirl is fighting the same fighting it's a it's a common enemy that they're fighting but her methods are much different he almost makes her look like like a sympathizer and it's almost like if she goes after him she'll make him a martyr almost yeah okay yeah that's yeah you you said it yeah (laughs) um but the thing is is uh when they do finally apprehend him it's not so much supergirl that he ends up confronting did you think it was an interesting choice that he actually singled out martian manhunter and really started a conflict with him because I thought that was a great arc. That whole Manchester Black Martian Manhunter. That I think was one of the besides the Supercorp. That was the strongest part of the season. I think the whole Martian Manhunter story, because it's like if you remember from the end of the third season, mm-hmm. um, his father died saving the Earth. Yep. But then his father was also the keeper of the Martian religion. And then to do that, you need to be a man of peace. So this whole time he's struggling to be a man of peace, even though he knows he's like, he's a manhunter. He's a manhunter, yeah. yeah. But then, so then Manchester Black keeps like kind of like poking at the bee's nest and is like, you're a manhunter. Come on, do it. Kill me. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, Martian Manhunter does kill him. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a great thing because not, not, not only, I mean, the actor that plays um, Martian Manhunter, John Jones, I mean, just to see that struggle for him to, to like, I have to, I have to, uh, to uphold my father's teachings, my father's way. Uh, I made a promise. Like, it starts off very good. He opens a detective agency. He's doing really well. But when he really is faced with a real conflict, it you really is. Do it. Yeah, it's an internal conflict, and he does end up, you know, taking care of Manchester Black. Which I thought was a ploy, but were, I mean, were you expecting to see him come back after Martian Manhunter kind of used that? He used the that, staff to kill him, yeah. Right, to kind of absorb him into it. Did you think that's what Manchester Black wanted to gain more power, or did Manchester Black, like, did he want to end it because he just knew he, he was just such a, like, a dark soul almost? I think, Man- I think Manchester Black, part of it was. He wanted to rest, mm, okay. but he needed to make sure somebody would still do his work. So then oh, he made okay. he made Martian Manhunter kill him, proving that once and for all, you're a Manhunter. So then, so then now that he knows that he's a Manhunter and he's killed again, that means that he could potentially carry on his mission and be more violent because. At the end of this season, the Monitor brings... I didn't know Martian Manhunter had a brother, but he brings Martian Manhunter's brother to Earth. Yes. And I think something's going to happen there where Martian Manhunter might become more violent again. 
Well, all right, we'll touch on that like towards the end, but just kind of finishing up his arc um, after killing essentially Manchester Black. Um, he really had a struggle with it. Um, it's like almost like he couldn't connect with his powers. He was, he was becoming, um, it was like mood swings and, you know, he, it's like he couldn't heal from it and he was still so conflicted. You know, he tried so hard to be like his father when his father does show up. I mean, you know, shows like this aren't really supposed to get you really emotional, Seeing Marin again, oh my god, that that really got me. Yeah, like when, because like what happens is, is that like he's basically he's praying. Is he praying to Haranmir or to his father? I think to Haranmir, and I think he's he's like praying for guidance, or, or he's trying to focus himself because he feels like because he couldn't control his powers. I yeah, think that was the problem. So then he's praying to Haranmir, and then there's a knock at the door, and he's like, "Go away, we're closed," and he keeps knocking, and then it's his father, and then basically he sits down with him, and he says like, "I'm not mad." that you are a manhunter. He said, he said like, you need to be whatever you got to be. And then he said like, I'm not mad at anything. So then what, what he comes up with is he says, I'm going to go back to Mars. I'm going to bury like, was it like the ancient texts? Mm -hmm, Yeah. I'm going to bury the religious texts in the desert so that one day somebody who is worthy will find them and restart the Martian religion. And then he said like, and then that's basically the end of the arc. But then it's just, just I think for him to hear that, to hear it from his father that it's okay that he is what he is, I think that's what kept him from becoming more like Manchester Black. Yeah, and you know, like you said, he heard it from his father. But what Marin's parting line was was when he says to him, "He's like Jean, you know that I, I'm just like a projection of your thoughts." Like he wasn't really there, almost like Jean figured it out on his own. That that really got me. Yeah. That was great. Okay, so you brought it up. Yeah. Let's talk about Supercorp. Yes! yes. Supercorp time! <laughs> I feel like that guy from uh, The Skateboard Kid, if you know John Tron, like, there's a scene in The Skateboard Kid where a guy just rings a bell and he goes, Rummage time! And then that's how I feel. Somebody rang the bell and said, It's Supercorp time. So, for those that don't know, Diana, please explain what Supercorp is. Okay, so there's Lena Luther. Katie McGrath, just perfect. And then and then it's just since season two when she showed up, it's just her and Kara's relationship. It's just like they say it's totally platonic, but they longingly look into each other's eyes and tenderly caress each other when they're in need and like dry each other's tears and give them words to help them through the tough times and it's just like they always say like Kara says I'm always gonna be your friend I'm never gonna leave you and Lena says I I can't open up to anybody else but you Kara you're the one who makes me a good person and they say that's just a platonic friendship and it's oh, just well you, you have to give Lena's quote what, what she said to Kara where you know well, I think the one that really sums up her feelings for Kara and I think you know which one I'm talking about is it the Supergirl may have saved me, but Cara Danvers, you are my hero. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they, feelings there are definitely more than just friends, but, uh, this season, you know, you felt like they were really getting away from Supercorp, almost like, oh, there's a big wave out there. People want to see it. So let's slap Lena and James together. Uh, that's totally natural. And again, not because she's white and James is black, because they had zero no chemistry. They have no chemistry. James thought she was evil for like three fourths of the time he knew her. 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's the sister or half sister of of Lex Luthor, who tried to kill Superman. Who and actually even James? He tries to kill James even before this season. Yeah, so he pretty much despised her, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, I'm madly I, I in love. love. You. And their scenes together when they were Weird. in love, it's ridiculous. It's like you could tell, like, it's like somebody like pointed it out, like they said that, like, like I forgot what they said that they're like. But they said that, like, the body language they used with each other, it's like, that's, like, body language you use when you're very uncomfortable with somebody. It's kind of like, if you ever see old pictures of, like, Lady Di and and Prince Charles, um, you know, later on in their marriage, when their marriage was falling apart, but they still had to keep up that public face. I mean, you, like, they wouldn't... They'd stand next to each other, but one's looking to the left, the other's looking to the right, like, we're together for, like, tax purposes, you know, like, we're not really a couple, almost. Yeah, and then it's just, like, they, they do get away from it, like, they, they, they pull a Kara and Monel, and then, like, for, like, a third of the season, they're constantly breaking up and getting back together. I forgot how they ultimately ended it, but they did somehow. Which, uh, Cara and Monel? No, with Lena and James. It's like something happened, and then they're like, this time we won't talk to each other, and they didn't talk to each other, really. Well, you know, he found out that she had been doing research, um, not so much on the uh, Haranel, I believe, right? Yeah. And um, so much so, I think it was like Supergirl didn't trust Lena. She asked James's guardian to go check it out. James said he did but he didn't but he didn't and when lena told him i am working on it he supported her until she took a government contract and that's what just sent him over the edge i think oh okay yeah i was just happy when it happened where he's like i can't do this anymore and i'm like Whoop. and then pretty much when that happened uh the girl power started to come back uh i'm thinking of the episode where um they take their vacation to cosnia Oh no. oh no! Way before that, way before that, when um, Lena, Miss Tessmacher, and Kara. Oh my god! Um, I guess they're they're going after Mercy and Otis, and you know, Kara can't get away to to turn into Supergirl. But then Lena has the power glove on, and she's just like, and she's standing in front of Kara, and she's like, "You're not touching Kara," and I was just like, "Okay." Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of that, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did pay a visit to Cosnia, and, uh, before we go any further, we have to explain why, because if you remember at the end of last season, when Kara touched the Harnell, it kind of created a second Supergirl, uh, we got the Red Daughter this season, um, what, what did you think of that? Because, you know, you read, um... Red Sun. Red Sun. How did you think of, like, sort of, like, this translation of the Red Daughter? It's 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 not like it's there 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 are no spoilers for Red Sun in this. It's just it it's pretty much in name only. It's like it's very different. It's like it's kind of like Red Sun is more of like an alternate. It, it's pretty much that if like what if Superman became the face of communism instead of Joseph Stalin, and then like. And then it shows, like, what if communism was enacted with Superman's values? And then, of course, him and Batman fight, and him and Lex Luthor fight, him and Bizarro fight. So then it's just, like, it's more of an exploration of the world than it is an engaging story. So then they just pretty much took it in name only and said, all right, she's the Red Daughter, she's communist Supergirl. 
but did you but did you like that part of the season uh, I having okay. I liked I liked the episode with her because it really showed how she was so pretty much Lex Luthor like he had this I think he had this plan even before her to get Kaznia on his side to like well I guess it's time to talk about Lex Luthor so we could really bring it all on home um what did you think I mean, because when I heard Jonathan Cryer, Two and a Half Men, Ducky from Pretty in Pink was going to play Lex Luthor, I was kind of like, my initial thought was, are you kidding me? But then I'm thinking, you know what? He he auditioned for it. They thought they saw something in him. What did you think of this Lex Luthor? It's a pretty good Lex Luthor. I just want to say for people that don't watch the show and saw John Cryer was going to be Lex Luthor, you don't know what you're missing. He did a great job. Why do you think he is a great Lex Luthor? Part of it is just like... Because Lex Luthor always has this determination. But it's never a determination to try hard. It's just a determination to prove that he's better than everybody else. And that's what he really encapsulates. It's like he's never enacting this plan because he because like when you see it in the end, it's just like he provides free, clean energy to the earth. So it's just like he's not really saying this just like he's not saying like I don't know what I'm saying, but it's really the selfishness. The selfishness and like how self-absorbed he is, that's what makes it perfect. Because Gene Hackman was like that. He was just like, Otis, you're an idiot and Miss Tessmacher, you're just some broad. Let me do everything. And then that was pretty much the same thing. He was like, Otis, you're an idiot and Miss Tessmacher, you're just some dumb broad I can manipulate. So let's go out and take over the world. So that's pretty much what it was, that everything is about Lex Luthor. It's just like I felt like Jesse Eisen Jesse Eisenberg got too silly, but just besides the silly part of it. Jesse Eisenberg was out to prove a point to the world but not but not because he wants to prove the point so he could be number one he wants to prove the point so people can see the flaw in their way of thinking and Lex Luthor doesn't think like that Lex Luthor thinks how is my doing this gonna make me number one yeah and and I think Jonathan Cryer did a great job um he hammed it up when he had to ham it up. Um, he was very stoic and reserved when he needed to be. And I think because he's a comedian, he's a, he's a comedic actor, when, especially his scenes with Lena, when he's, you know, giving her backhanded compliments and things like that, like with his comic timing, I mean, I think it was really a great representation uh, of it overall. And like you mentioned, Miss Tessmacher, Otis, everything... What did you think with the fact that pretty much everything from season one all the way up till now was his master plan? I thought it was pretty good because I'm like, that's what Lex Luthor... Lex Luthor is the smartest man on the planet. So, of course, he would have known everything that's happening. Of course, he knew Cara Danvers was Supergirl the minute she showed up. Of course, he know. See, that's what I like, that... That that's I was talking to my friend Eric about it because he says, "Does Lex Luthor know that Clark Kent is Superman?" And I said, "I think he does, but the reason why he never plays the revealing it to the world because he says that's petty, and Lex Luthor is not a petty crybaby that's beneath me." 
it's like it's almost too easy. Yeah, like he says, like that's no fun. Like I'm not gonna have any fun. Nobody's gonna think I'm super smart. Like I'm not gonna be a hero for telling the world Superman is Lex Luthor. So that's, Clark Kent. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just said Superman is Lex Luthor. What? Well, that's how Lex Luthor sees himself. He sees himself as Superman. Man of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So then it's just like that's that's why and he kept it a secret and he used it when he needed to he used it to show the red daughters like look at her look at how self-absorbed she is she just goes out and buys 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 everything she's 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 oblivious to the wrongdoings of people and the corporations she just and she even he even kind of shows her manchester black he's like look she's not like that she's not a true defender like manchester black so then it's just like he's able to use it against her without kind of blurting to the world that Cara Danvers is a supergirl. He knows how to use the secret when it's necessary. And the Red Daughter really grows to hate, had to show her like, because the Red Daughter, her favorite book was The Great Gatsby. Because she loved the whole concept of like having a dream and chasing it. Mm-hmm. But then Lex Luthor said, no, that is just a silly book about silly people. And he shows her Cara Danvers and she's like, look at her life. She's just going around working at a newspaper, going on kombucha dates with her best friend. Mm-hmm. And she's oblivious to the crimes of the corporations. The corporations are... And then he, he fakes a bombing in Kaznia, which kills one of... Red Daughter's best friends is like, look, she's oblivious to that. How good is this American dream, really? So he's able to manipulate her. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing with the Great Gatsby, you know, he says, I-, I see you've read this one the most. And she said, well, I like it. And he says, I didn't give it to you to enjoy. I gave it to you to see, like, the bourgeois class and, and that. He's, read it again. Like, you read it wrong. Um, I mean, I, I think he did, he did an incredible job um and even his plan to get to get Lena to to really work on the Harnell to get it to help cure diseases and whatnot was absolutely amazing I mean what he did he just gave himself cancer it's like Miss Tessmacher was just it's just like when when he rolled up and he said I have cancer I said Lex Luthor gave himself cancer oh you knew so you yeah. knew I was just like oh there's no way there's a master plan Lex Luthor gave himself cancer he's gonna break out he's gonna take over the world and then when they show the backstory leading up throughout the seasons he's just there Miss Tessmacher's like there's no way she's gonna talk to you unless I don't know you have cancer and he's like boom exactly and he goes into this nuclear reactor and just absorbs all this radiation yeah it's it's absolutely amazing um but as as this whole story is unfolding uh you know the manchester black story arc is kind of over now we get lex luther enacting his plan uh using the red daughter and because of that we get i mean this do you think like when this started this kind of second phase started this was kind of the reboot of uh supercorp yes because they have the red daughter attack the president dressed as supergirl so it frames supergirl and then lena luther's there and she's just like supergirl she looks longingly into supergirl's eyes and says supergirl i know you're innocent and i'll protect you at any cost then she goes to kara and she looks longingly into her eyes and goes kara your best friend supergirl is in trouble and we're gonna help her so it's just like and the rest of it is just her and kara working late night solving the lex luther case them taking a private jet over to Kaznia to go and like investigate it and it's just super corp hijinks throughout and then it's just when Kara was gonna tell Lena oh yes so if you've seen the 78 Superman 
you know that after Superman flies around with Lois Lane, Superman leaves, and then Clark Kent shows up to Lois Lane's apartment, and is just like, ah, gee, Lois, we had a date, and Lois is like, oh, let me just, like, wash my hands or something, and she goes in the bathroom, and then he takes off his glasses, and he stands up straight, and then he goes, Lois, and he says it in Superman's voice, and then she, before she could come back out, he's just like, no, I can't do it, and he puts the glasses back on, he's Clark Kent again, but then in this one, they're on the private jet going back to the U.S., and Lena's just like, She's just like, I can't, she, she's like thinking about all the revelations they learned. And then Kara takes off her glasses and she stands up straight and she goes, Lena. And then Lena goes, I can't believe my brother has been like lying. Not like, but she was just like all the lies that I've had to hear throughout my life. And then Kara's just like, oh, whoops, I've been lying to her. And then she puts the glasses back on and is just like, hey. I mean, that was great. I mean, it was really a, a great, you know, she, she gets up, you know, she hands on hips. She strikes the Supergirl pose, uses the Supergirl voice, but doesn't tell her. I mean, it's, it, it was, it was, I mean, it was just a great scene. I mean, I, I got chills just because it was that callback to 78. Um, so we find out that Lex Luthor, you know, at first you think, okay, his plan is to topple America. Um, but his plan really is, you know, to... Take a Kaznian invasion, save the day, everybody loves him. Then, so you're like, okay, great, you know, everybody loves him, he's got the president in his pocket, so he pretty much controls the U.S. Uh, you know, then he's he's t- rounding up all the aliens that uh, have been locked up under this administration, uh, agents, you know, Agent Liberty and, and all that, he uses them basically as living batteries... Um, so you think, oh, okay, so he's he's now made himself the number one guy, uh, free clean energy for everybody, runs the greatest country in the world, but that's not enough. What is his master plan? He is going to use half of the clean energy reserve, which Miss Tessmacher says lasts thousands of years. He is going to use half of that to kill Superman. That's his big plan. He did all this. He orchestrated everything from season one of this show right to today to kill Superman. Because Superman, uh, after the events of Elseworlds, he and Lois went to Argo City. Because she's pregnant with a Kryptonian baby. So he's like, we got to get this Kryptonian medicine. Uh, And basically, too, because he, you know, he left Krypton as an infant. So this is his chance to actually kind of reconnect with a piece of it uh, to meet his, I guess... His aunt. His aunt, right. It would be his aunt. So he's on Argo. He's he's utterly powerless. And that was Lex Luthor's plan, pretty much. Yeah. And it's just... At the end of the day, he had everything he wanted, but it just goes back to Superman. Because Superman is still more loved than he is, and that cannot happen. I mean, just that scene where, you know, where he just says, you know, it's like... He's just... And Jonathan Cryer played it perfectly, like the rage, like the over-the-top rage. It's like you have everything. You're you're essentially the president of the United States. You're a world hero. You're providing free energy for everybody. But that's just not enough. Yeah, it's just that's that's perfectly like what Lex Luthor is. It's just everything at the end of the day is to beat Superman. Yeah, it, it, it's that's just what it comes down to. And if you didn't really, you know, well, 
I don't know why you'd be listening if you didn't watch Supergirl. But if you know people that didn't watch Supergirl, that didn't think Jonathan Cryer could do it, just just have have that scene in the Oval Office where he's just like he's like a foaming at the mouth practically. Like I've got to kill Superman. Oh God. Yeah, it's just it's it's intense and it's just it's just Lex Luthor. It is Lex Luthor. Um, one, a couple other things that we didn't talk about. Uh, all throughout this series, and especially, I think, really during this season, the bond between Alex and Kara, it's just an amazing bond, and it was put to the test this season. What did you think of that whole arc with uh, Alex and Kara? Oh, yeah. I wish they kind of did more with it. So what happens is, is that... Um, the president, because they're like, Supergirl is technically an American citizen, so she's a property of the U.S. government. We gotta know her secret identity. So then they bring in one of the aliens they captured, which could, like, literally steal your memories and, like, make sure you're telling the truth. Mm -hmm. So then what they have to do is that Martian Manhunter needs to erase Alex's memories that Kara is Supergirl. And then it's just like... They do it for, like, a few episodes, but I wish they really showed the strain that it puts on their relationship, having to keep this secret. I wish they did more of it. I mean, they did do some of it, th- those initial episodes afterwards. We did see the strain, and we saw also the fact that, essentially now, it was like Alex grew up not knowing her sister was an alien, so her attitude towards aliens changed a little bit. Yeah, like, she wasn't as accepting. She was more like... She was more like, well, you know, they still chose to came here to come here, so, you know. I, I thought I saw it more of... She saw things more black and white. Good guy, bad guy. You know, if you're a human or an alien, you're a good guy or you're a bad guy. Like, she kind of didn't see those shades of gray. But, you know... Martian Manhunter couldn't reverse it. He he couldn't do it. Uh, kind of, I don't want to say break the spell, like restore those memories. Because he said it could drive you insane. But what did you think of the way that they, they had Alex remember, like that whole scene? Oh, yeah, the power of sisterly love overcame it. It was just like she saw Kara getting beaten up by the Red Daughter, and just then she remembered that that's my sister and I gotta help her. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Red Daughter really lays a beating on Kara... I mean, she essentially died, or, or she was, like, on death's doorstep, and just, I mean, what did you think of that? Like, the way they kind of resurrected her there with, with her, well, explain how they did it, because it, it was, and I just want to hear your thoughts on it. So then, like, they're fighting, and then that Supergirl can, like, black out the sun, so she blacked out the sun, and then she, and then, and then they punched, and then Supergirl lost, and then she was there dying, and then Alex is just like, there's, there's sunlight in the plants, come on, Kara, and she's just, like, given to the grass, but then Kara does it, she takes the sunlight from all the plants around her, and she's back. Kind of like Goku, you know, and he takes the life energy from every, like, organism on Earth. But did you think it was appropriate or kind of corny i was fine with it okay all right fair enough um you know we were talking a lot about how a lot of people said this show was kind of politically charged this season um the uh agent liberty ben lockwood uh i know when they did the episode because it was kind of like who's agent liberty who's agent liberty the idea of History professor Ben Lockwood, kind of defender of justice and, and, you know, free peoples and whatnot, going from that to essentially an alien hater. What did you think of 
everything involved with that? Ben Lockwood and, and Sons of Liberty and all that? Um, I don't know. It's just like... I was just kind of like... um uh, The episode where they showed like how he became evil, I was just like... Eh, like, they, they tried their best to do it, but it's just like... It's just pretty much showing like how did Hitler become Hitler? And then at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, but he's still Hitler. So then it's just like, I mean, it, it kind of seemed like he went from a, a very understanding man with no hate in his heart to just flipping the switch and then just no remorse, no compassion for, for aliens. Yeah. It was a little too quick and it was just like, I don't know. I didn't really buy into it, but did you think he was a good like Agent Liberty, do you think he was a good villain in this in this season? I just kind of liked. I liked. Um, I felt he was a little too like one note, where he's just mm-hmm. like, "I hate aliens," mm-hmm. and then it's just like the favorite. The best part was when Otis kind of tells him, "He's like, yeah, man." You were just a cog in the machine. You're useless. Your wife is dead because we use you. And then it's just kind of like he's there and he's like, I'm a useless, pathetic human being. And I'm like, yeah. And it was Otis that had to tell him that. Yeah, Otis is basically like Otis, the dumbest man on earth is just like, dude, you're just a stupid cog in the machine and your life is meaningless to people. And he's just like, no, my wife died. And then it's just like. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that his son turned against him and renounced everything that his father did, and he watches from jail as his son does everything he never wanted him to do. I think that's a good that that's a good punishment. Also, this season, there's actually a lot this season. Uh, we got introduced to a new character, a new hero. What did you think of Nial, uh, portrayed by Nicole Maines, who How is? Do you know her name? You googled it before this. Because I I like the character and I saw it and I mean Nicole Maines is uh she's trans, trans in real life yeah she's trans in real life she's trans what did you think of her character and everything kind of with the message that she brought to the show I I liked her I'm a little biased but I liked her <laughs> but then like I don't know she was fun it was just like it kind of shows like she's kind of like Robin to like Supergirl's Batman. It's like it's like if Superman had a Robin, this is who it would be. When she kind of embraced her powers. Yeah, it was just fun seeing that little like Batman and Robin dynamic that they had going on. And it's just like, I don't know. She was good. She fought, she fought, she fought for what was right. I also enjoyed her before she became Dreamer or she even really connected with her powers. Um, there was the scene where Brainy went to get pizza and oh, yeah. they turned off the image inducers. And the pizza guy saw Brainiac 5 was an alien, and he was just like, whoa, I don't serve aliens. And he's basically talking. He's like, Alfonso, you know me. I'm three pepperoni pizzas every meal. That's me. And then then Neil was just like, whoa, okay. And she stepped in, and she pretty much stopped them from beating up Brainiac. Yeah, and what about that, the relationship that kind of developed between Brainiac and Dreamer? Oh, that was perfect. I loved it. Like, oh, my God. It's just like it was. It was just perfect because Brainiac is all like Brainiac, and she's just all like. Ah. It was perfect. Is Brainiac? Are you happy that he replaced Win? Because I, you were a huge Win fan. Oh no! You know, I wish, I wish I could have my cake and eat it too. I wish they could both be on the show. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
it's just like let, let let's just say this. So there's 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 Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's mm-hmm. perfect, and that's a win. Okay. But then Brainiac Five is kind of like Legend of Korra. Okay. Where it's like deep down, you know, Avatar is better. You know, Win is better. Mm-hmm. But Brainiac Five did so much good on his own. You respect that, and you're okay with it happening. I mean. I, I enjoyed his development throughout the season, um, you know, for, you know, his whole, I'm the master of covering on the spot, you know, his, oh, his, his tri-isms, his humanisms, I love that. I shall defeat you with calculus. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of like that, because, like, the whole time, it's like, it's like when you read, like, old Legion comics, Brainiac 5 is, like, behind the desk, kind of like, alright, Monel, now you punch him. Alright, Element Lad, shoot your elements at him. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he has a little zappy gun, sometimes he doesn't. So then I'm just like, how is Brainiac 5 gonna fight? But then I'm like, I like that he calculates the probabilities in his head so that he basically knows what his opponent is gonna do. So I like that. What about, though, when, um... When he turned They into- tortured, yeah. And they, they kind of rebooted him and he kind of... Now... How do you how do you take like what happened to him there? Did he revert to the original Brainiac or what was kind of your take on all that? Because what the thing is is that like Brainiac 5 he he saw that like oh like people hate Kaluans, people hate the Brainiac line because of what Brainiacs 1 and 2 did. So then he said, I'm going to strive to be better than them. So he kind of went against his genetic programming okay. and became a good guy. So when they reset him, the the like the genetic traits of the Brainiac line kind of came back to him. Just pure cold logic. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, when he saw Jean and, and Nia, Dreamer, sacrificing themselves to essentially stop Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor from t- killing Superman, I mean, he rebooted like... And again, and he declares his love for Nia. Corny, or did you love it? I liked it. That's the kind of stuff we expect on Supergirl. <laughs> Subtle corniness, not uh, not over the top like Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's nowhere near Riverdale. So I don't think there's any other little subplots that that we can touch on right now. But uh, like like we said, the show wrapped up. They they defeated Lex Luthor. Uh, so much so that Lena went after Lex. She knew where he would be, and she has oh, a final confrontation, right. and here it comes. What was Lex's parting words? <laughs> Lex Luthor said as he's dying, he said, You thought Kara was your best friend? Kara is Supergirl, and she's lied to you for years, and it's not even like she lied to everyone. Literally everybody else in her life knows but you, and then he dies. Yeah. And then, I mean, what, what, what killed me is, uh, after that... Alex was so stupid! is like, I have to tell her. And Alex... Alex is like, no, she's been through a lot. Let her, like, let, let, her, let her have this. And then it's just like, they're just saying, like... But there's a cop that drove by, so I got distracted. But then, <laughs> but then Alex, and then Kara's like, "All right, Alex, she's been through a lot. I'll tell her some other time." I'm like, "No, tell her now. She'll forgive you, and then you two fly off into the sunset together. That's what's supposed to happen." Yeah. So pretty much, the season wraps up, and we get a look at what's coming ahead. Uh, so Lena now knows Kara 
didn't tell her because I think if she told her at that game night it would have been okay it would have been okay because it's like it just happened yesterday and then Kara's like hey I'll tell you this it didn't have the wound didn't set yet mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I th- and I think too she could have you know hey you know look this past season you know wh- whatever the amount of time was really hectic stressful but y- you deserve to know this uh, but she doesn't so we see Lena uh, with a picture of her and Kara and she smashes it and then I'm just like no all the super corp we did such good work this season with the super corp and they just take it away but do you think. Do you think Kara can salvage it? <laughs> of course Kara can salvage it because the power the power of love has come in clutch twice this season. If Kara were to say to her, you know, because she can't really use the excuse, you know, uh, I have to protect the people close to me because, because everybody else literally knows. Everybody else literally knows. But if she were to say to Lena, like if she were just to admit to Lena, like, you're the love of my life. That's why I couldn't tell you. Not because I didn't trust you. Not because you're a Luther. Yes, everybody that in my life that knows I care about them. But, Lena, I love you. Oh, that would be perfect. That's the ideal. That is quality content right there. And that's the only way it could happen. It better happen that way. Well, we'll see. But then, like we said when we talked about Elseworlds... Uh, you know, they started to tease for Crisis on Infinite Earths. So at the very end, we get the Monitor returning, bringing back... Um, <laughs> Lex Luthor. He, he did. He revived Lex Luthor. And he brought back, and I had to look it up, and I don't remember the name, but it's John Jones's brother, who, unlike most Martians, has no telepathic abilities. Uh, but the MO on him is he's he's apparently... He's a very violent and evil Martian um, and he's coming he's coming for Jean um, are you looking forward to next season yeah because that's gonna take it might, it might kind of make Martian Manhunter be like no at any cost I have to stop him it might push the gear a little bit back towards uh, Manchester Black there maybe and then we're gonna of course like we said it looks like Lex Luthor might come back uh, there's gonna be a big crossover Green Arrow might go. Supposedly, it's going to be the end of the multiverse. Um, and well, go ahead, because that's what happens at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths. All the Earths kind of are gotten rid of, and it's just one Earth. Yeah, and uh, what? Oh, and we're going to next season. It was teased. Uh, she made an appearance in Elseworlds. Oh, Batwoman! Now you saw the trailer excited for it what are your kind of initial thoughts on batwoman i'm excited for it i really want it to happen it really looks good um and i'm glad that i know who the villain is because i read that that batwoman graphic novel which one was it that (coughs) yep with alice and i'm not going to say anything else about it um i think ruby rose does a great job as um as batwoman and her alter ego the name's escaping me you know it kate kane yeah, I mean, it looks good. Are we getting a Lucius Fox? I think we're getting Luke Fox. As Luke go- Fox is his son. As good as Lucius, or...? He's more, like, cocky than Lucius. He he's uh, he becomes Batwing, so he becomes... So he could kind of be, like, her sidekick. Hmm. 
Interesting. Interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh kind of related, kind of unrelated. Um it just came out that it's official. The next Batman movie, it's going to be Robert Pattinson. Yes, the sparkly vampire. Initial thoughts, what are you thinking with this casting? I think it's fine. I don't think there's a problem. It's not like he wrote Twilight and defends it to the death. It's just like when people ask him about Twilight, he's just like, I had to work and they offered me a part with that paid well. That's why I took it. So he's just an actor who needed to work and wanted to work. That's all it is. From, I mean, I don't know how much, I mean, I know you didn't watch any of the Twilight stuff. I saw the first one. Okay, and you saw him in Goblet of Fire. Yeah, uh, he's you... good in Goblet of Fire. Oh, he's great as Cedric. I mean, do you think do you think he has like the acting chops to pull it off? I think he does. People like who have followed him more say that like the indie stuff that he did, he's really good in it. Mm. Like I know Steve Orlando. I think he was the one that tweeted it. He said like if you watch any of his other stuff, it's like it's really good. It's not Twilight. So then he said, like, like Steve Orlando's, like, defending, um, I forget his name. Um, he's defending him, saying, like, look, he was an actor, he had to work, he just happened to take the part, but now the work that he does is good work. Yeah, I mean, I've seen one or two, like, of his indie stuff. I know that circus movie he did with Reese Witherspoon, it was just not a good movie. But he is a good actor, playing a young Bruce Wayne. So, how... how what what kind of is the personality? Because you you know the comics better. What is kind of the personality and mentality of a younger Bruce Wayne as opposed to like like the Ben Affleck grizzled older Dark Knight Returns kind of a of a Bruce Wayne? Um, if you're going by like Frank Miller Year One, he's more of like he doesn't know what he's doing he he leaps before he thinks mm. he's kind of like impulsive and then like there was a Tomasi one where he said that like Batman at one point actually did carry a gun because he wasn't confident in his skills or I think that was it because like it showed like it pretty much he was saying he was just like back then I wasn't like I wasn't as like I forgot what he said, but he's like, back then I was different, and it's like Batman with a gun. So I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I kind of get it. Like, he wasn't confident in himself. He was scared. He didn't know how to be Batman, basically. He didn't know how he was going to, like, enact justice. So that was kind of like... So he's a more confused Batman. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's very impulsive. Well, I mean, that's... Okay, that's kind of good that you say that because, and again, I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was an indie movie where Robert Pattinson kind of played a rich guy, but he had a drug problem. He couldn't get his life straight. So he's keeping up kind of this rich playboy kind of outer shell, but inside he's just totally deteriorating. Uh, And he really pulled it off. So what about the fact, though, that, I mean, he's... I mean, he's an in-shape guy, but he's not totally, totally, like, buffed out like that. Like, is that going to be a problem, you know, kind of blown up bat suit like they did with Shazam? Like, like, stuff like that. Like, if they have to kind of pad the suit, in other words, does that really bother you? Or if, if the actor is good, you don't really care? Yeah, it's not really a problem if they pad the suit. And even then, like, they don't even need to make him, like, that muscular. Because it's just, like, 
it's not even like it's not like Batman is like super strong can lift like 10 men like he's just like a guy like who's good at fighting so like would he really be shredded and buff or would he be more like toned you know true and I mean I think the thing is you know with Batman is I think the mystique of Batman you know it's definitely it's definitely grown but at the heart of it, at the core, when when you know they created him way back in the in the late thirties, I think first and foremost he's the world's greatest detective. And if you could nail that, I- I'm kind of happy. Yeah, because the reason why kind of like he had to get away from doing detective work that he did in like the thirties and forties is that the comics code said you really got to tone down what kind of crimes you're showing. Mm -hmm. So then that's why he has like wacky villains, like condiment King and quilt man and kite man. Oh no, it's crazy quilt, not quilt man. And then like kite man, like that's why he has those crazy villains because the comics code was like, you can't show real crime. So they're like, yeah. Yeah. And then like, I think it was in the fifties, he started having adventures in space and time travel and things like that. And it really wasn't until the late seventies. And then, you know, Frank Miller, with the 80s, yeah. yeah, with with dark Knight returns that kind of brought him back to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my initial thing was, oh God, sparkly vampire guy. But then he's, like you said, he's, he's a very good actor. He didn't write Twilight. You know, he didn't make those choices that I want to be a sparkly, make my vampire sparkly. I mean, that's what it was. He got a paycheck for it. Not for nothing. He didn't do a bad job in it. I mean, then again, he's acting up against Kristen Stewart. I mean, I'm a great actor compared to her, but I think he's going to do a good job. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Oh, you know what I'd like to do? Because I know you, you, you. sometimes you do this on your show. I didn't get done listening to your latest episode, so I don't know if you guys did it. But uh, what are you reading, watching, playing? Let us know. Ooh, I'm playing Mortal Kombat 11. I'm, I'd like to think that I'm okay at the game. I'm probably worse than I think I am, but I'm, I'm okay at the game. And it's just like, I don't know, it's good. I, I, I play Jade and Baraka, pretty much. Jade, Baraka, a little bit of Raiden, a little bit of Cassie. And um, what am I reading? Um, I finished Song of Achilles. That was a pretty good book. Um, I'm back on Wonder Woman. The new Wonder Woman stuff is pretty good. And, um, yeah, that's it. Watching anything interesting? Uh, I finished Doom Patrol. That was crazy. Which I know you do every week. You do Doom Patrol every week. I didn't do the finale yet, so maybe you'll come back and do the finale. You you saw the finale then? Yeah. Okay, don't say anything. We'll talk later. Okay. Uh, but I know you started watching a, a show, a throwback show, a classic show uh, on HBO. Entourage. Oh, God. I love Entourage. And sometimes Entourage is like horribly racist and sexist and homophobic. But I just, I forgive it. I love it. It's just like Johnny Drama. Johnny Drama wins me over every time. Everybody loves Johnny Drama. Um, oh, and your hero, acting hero, Randall Park. Oh, Randall Park was just in a new Netflix movie. And usually I don't like the Netflix movies. I really pretty much only liked uh, Beasts of No Nation. Mm. But I saw this Netflix movie, and by golly gosh, Randall Park is so good in it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's be my be, always, always be my maybe always be my maybe so you got Netflix check it out Randall Park he's been uh, in Marvel 
He's I, been in DC. He's been in DC. He's going to have a bigger part if Aquaman 2 is Black Manta. He's going to have a bigger part. So let me ask you, either DC Marvel, is there a hero or or a character in either one of those that you could see, like legitimately, you could see not as a goof, but you could see Randall Park playing? Well, Randall Park is already Jimmy Woo. And he is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Okay. But I you, think, like, in, in Ant-Man the Wasp, they made him, like, a goofy Jimmy Woo. Like, oh, by golly gosh, I need to do those magic tricks. But then, like, if he played the serious Jimmy Woo, where he's just, like, especially in the new run called New Agents of Atlas, where he's pretty much, like, look, kind of like the divisions between the Asian countries are kind of like, you know, like, we're all we're all one people, we're all Asian, let's work together and do what's best for our people. I like that. Like, if he kind of did that... He would be good in that. And then, like, for DC, I don't know. There's not really a lot of, like, Ryan Choi. I don't really think he'd be a good... Oh, okay. All right. Let me ask you this. Let's say they make a Green Lantern film. I'm not saying I'm not saying Randall Park as, 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 as Green Lantern. But let's say they make a Green Lantern film, but they bring in other Lantern core. Which... Which ring would Randall Park have, and like, could could you see him as as a lantern for for the green, the yellow, the blue? Like, like, which which color are you assigning him, and and do you think he could pull it off? I think he could kind of do like he could be like hope or compassion, which is blue and violet. Yeah. Okay. N- Wait, no, no, indigo, indigo and blue. Okay, and then like. Because I kind of like the, the 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 Violet Lanterns. It's kind of like their like their thing is they try to rehabilitate the criminals. Like they really try to work with them, like get in their head, like fix them up. But also they're really just like as I forgot who said it. I think Sinestro actually said it, where he's just like they're just brainwashing criminals. They're crazy. So then it's just like I can kind of see that where Randall Park is just like. He's he's trying to be like a talk therapist, but he's a little crazy. Okay, alrighty. Uh, I think this is a good spot to kind of wrap it up because otherwise we're really going to get way off topic. But before we go, Diana, please plug your other show. Yes, I am on Elseworlds Finest, and if you don't know, Elseworlds is all one word, and it's an apostrophe s. That's a lot, but like you know, just Elseworlds Finest, all what like like you know. Yeah, and I mean, your latest episode, I mean, I think it's way too soon. You know, this movie just came out. You guys are talking about <laughs> Endgame with spoilers. No, I mean, I get it. Uh, that's actually uh, a really... Yeah. Little little warning if you do listen to the Endgame episode. If you're really a fan of MCU Spider-Man and Iron Man, just... I, I, you know, if you listen to the Avengers episode, you know I'm not the biggest fan. I kind of go off on them a little too hard, so just... <laughs> You know, like, if, if you want to skip past that part and see the other stuff, we talk about Thanos' poop. So, you know, we can always... Yeah, if you ever wanted to know about that, <laughs> you definitely tune in. Uh, and don't forget that you can find stuff you don't need to know. You can find it right here on Anchor, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Play, really anywhere that you could find uh, podcasts. Uh, also on Instagram, stuff you don't need to know is on Instagram, just type that in and you'll find me and I post a lot of content there. This is Jay and I will talk to you guys later.